We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Most of you are familiar with the statement that you hear quite often about separation of church and state. What we're going to talk about in this session is the intent of the Word of God. And, you know, you hear a lot of talk about, well, the separation of church and state, especially when people of the church go to get involved in politics. Oh, they go to screaming. The politicians get nervous. And they start hollering, separation of church and state. It is not in the Constitution. It's in Russia's Constitution, but it's not in ours. But see, there is an amendment that they refer to that they try to make it mean that, that the church ought not have anything to do with politics or government. But President Reagan mentioned in one of his speeches that what we need to do is look at the intent of the laws and the things that were laid down by our forefathers. And the intent was to keep the government from regulating the churches, not the churches from regulating the government. Now, I said that to kind of locate you to what we're going to talk about tonight, the intent of the words. You see, the intent of the law can be more important than what the law says itself as far as the Constitution of the United States or any amendment to the Constitution. If you can prove the intent, and actually that is what the Supreme Court is supposed to do, is to figure out the intent of the Constitution but I don't think it's always carried out that way. But now what we're going to talk about tonight is the intent of the Word. This is a way for you to understand the Bible. To always look at the context and the intent of the Word. It'll keep you from being led astray by winds of doctrines and seducing spirits. Because the Bible is written in such a way that you can take so much of it two different ways and they're totally opposite of each other. I asked the Lord one time, I said, why is the Bible written that way? He said, because of what Adam chose in the garden. He chose blessing and calamity. The knowledge of blessing and calamity. And if you take it the right way, it'll be a blessing to you. If you take it the wrong way, it'll be a calamity to you. God's Word can be either blessing or curse. You're cursed if you don't do it. You're blessed if you do it. But if you misunderstand it and don't do it, then it brings the curses. Turn with me to Colossians, the first chapter. I want to read kind of as a preface to this. Verse 5, Colossians chapter 1, verse 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven... Whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it does also in you, since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Now, I want you to underline the phrase, and knew the grace of God in truth. Now, it brought forth fruit as it does in you since the day that you heard it and knew. It's not enough just to hear it. You've got to know. See, it's the knowledge of truth that sets you free. It's not just truth alone. It's the knowledge of truth that sets you free. So, since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God in truth, 
Now, several years ago, the Lord gave me a definition of grace that has amplified the Bible to me. Grace is God's willingness to use His power and His ability on your behalf even though you don't deserve it. That's the grace of God. Now, see, if we couldn't understand any more than just the grace period on an insurance policy, it would help us understand grace. See, an insurance policy, most of them, that even though you don't pay the premium on time, that company will put up all of their assets and all of their financial backing and are willing to use it for you for a month when you don't deserve it in good faith that you'll pay the premium. In other words, they're willing to use their power and their ability on your behalf even though you don't deserve it. That's grace. That's the grace of God. But you see, he said, since you knew the grace of God in truth. In other words, knew God's willingness. So many people struggle today with, is it God's will for this? Is it God's will for that? Jesus, in his teaching concerning the kingdom of God and teaching to pray, and I'll just say this in passing, I don't want to get sidetracked on it, but he said, pray this way, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That one verse there, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Pray that the kingdom come, that the will of God be done in earth as it is in heaven. That locates the will of the Lord Jesus Christ and of God. It is God's will that it be on earth as it is in heaven. Now we know it's not that way, but that's the will of God. And he said for him to pray that the kingdom would come. And when the kingdom came, it was possible that that could be done. Didn't mean it would be. But it's possible it could be. Under the old covenant, it was impossible for that to happen. But because we live in days of grace and because the kingdom of God came on the day of Pentecost, was set up in the hearts of men, it's possible that that kingdom can supply every single need you have in this life. That is the will of God. And that's why he said pray that way. Well, come over to Romans, the fourth chapter, and let's begin with the 13th verse. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now notice, the promise that he, Abraham, would be heir of the world was not to him or his seed. Now notice, not to Abraham or his seed. Now who's the seed? Now if you read Galatians, you find that the seed was actually Christ. But then when you get to Galatians 3.29, it says, But if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So then, that brings us in on the deal, doesn't it? Because we are Christ, then we're the seed. Because we are the body of Christ. Christ was the seed. Abraham just operated in this promise till the seed came to whom the promise was made. That promise was to Jesus, to Christ. But you see, we get to enter into it because if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. He says it'll come not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Well, now, what's he talking about here, through the righteousness of faith? Come on down to verse 16. Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end, or to this end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. 
In other words, it is by faith, so it can be by grace. Now, if you want to know why that's true, look right here in the fifth chapter, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. That's the only way you have access into grace is through faith. You can't get there by works. It's through faith. Now, come with me down to verse 21. And being fully persuaded, back up in the fourth chapter there, (laughs) Romans fourth chapter, verse 21. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform and therefore is imputed to him for righteousness. See, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. It was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now, notice, he says, now, it was not written for his sake alone. In other words, we can enter in through faith into this promise as well. Now, Back up and look at the 13th verse again and notice, but through the righteousness of faith. It does not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Then go with me to the 10th chapter of Romans. Look at verse 6, Romans 10, verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Now notice we're carrying the thought from Romans the 4th chapter over here to show you the intent of what he's talking about when he says the righteousness which is of faith. Because here Paul tells you what the righteousness of faith does. Now let me refresh your memory in some things before we get into this because it will amplify the intent of this passage of Scripture. In Psalms 107 verse 20, It says, God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Didn't say God sent his word to heal them. He said God sent his word and healed them and delivered. Now see, if he just said he sent his word to do it, might not have been enough. But he said he sent his word and did it. Now when God sent his word and did it, it did it. I mean, don't tell God it didn't because he believes it did. Can you say amen? Amen. (laughs) So when God said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction, as far as God's concerned, it was done. But now you see, we have to believe it and know it. And then it'll be manifest in us. See, wasn't that what we read in Colossians? Since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth, the willingness of God, and knew the truth about it. So God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Now, you remember when Jesus talked with them there on the mount and then he ascended up and went to the Father? The Bible says he's seated there until his enemies have made his footstool. So he's not coming back to meet your need. Every little thing that happens to you to make it right. God bless you. appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, our offer all this week is CD offer number 7243. It's entitled, The Intent of the Word. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. You see, the Word of God is important, but the intent of that Word is more important sometimes than what the Word said itself. Now, here's what I mean by that. If you take it out of context, you miss the intent of the word. Now, let me give you, for instance, in Romans chapter 8, 
you hear people say, well, you know what the Apostle Paul said, all things work together for good. Well, now, that really wasn't what the Apostle Paul said. Even though that statement is in the Bible, if you take it out of context, that is not what the Apostle Paul said. That's not the intent of what he said. Let's start with chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, or himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Greek says, cannot be uttered in articulate speech. And he that searcheth the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Now notice, there it is in the scripture, verse 28. We know that all things work together for good. Now what's he talking about? What is the intent of that verse? It's connected to the two verses before. When you pray in the Spirit, you're praying the way God would pray. And then we know that after you've prayed in the Spirit, that's Jesus, the intercessor, praying through your spirit, praying the way God would pray. Then you know that all things you prayed about in the Spirit will begin to work together for good. Paul didn't believe that everything worked together for good, and he's the one that wrote this. See, the intent is more important than what was said in that particular verse. That's offer number 7243. It'll be a blessing to you. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.